Hey everyone, welcome to the Coastal Podcast. I'm Pastor Lucas Granger and want to say thank you for listening in. May this podcast bring some light to your world today. Enjoy grace and peace. Good to be here. Uh, Jeremiah 6.16 says this, it says, stop. Stand at the crossroads and look around. Uh, Ask for the ancient path. Some translations say, ask for the old godly ways. Another translation says, ask for the eternal ways and walk in those that there might be rest for your soul. If you've been coming to Coast for a while, you've heard me talk about this scripture over the last few years. And if you're here this morning and you're wondering, like, what is God speaking? Uh, you just heard it. Jeremiah 6, 16, this idea of just stop. Stand at the crossroads, look around, ask for the ancient past, walk in those. Why? So there could be some rest for your soul. Is there anybody in the house that just needs some rest for their soul this morning? Just some, God, just, I could just use some rest for my soul. Did you know uh, Highway 90 runs from Seattle to Boston? You could get on Highway 80 and go from San Francisco to Jersey. I don't know why anybody wanted to go to Jersey, but you could. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could go from San Francisco to Jersey on 80. And then right up the road here in Wilmington, you could get on 40, and it'll take you all the way to California. And I don't know why anybody would want to do that either, because, hey, it's, come on, North Carolina, it's the promised land. These highways that run coast to coast. And I was just thinking about how this scripture verse, there's some ancient paths. There's some things uh, that transcend culture, that transcend what's hot and what's not. And it seems like everything's changing every five minutes, and this is what's popular, and that's what's popular, and this is what people are mad at today, and this is what people are mad at tomorrow. And it just seems like everything's changing. But there are some ancient paths. There's some things that, if you will, that run coast to coast. There's some paths that men and women have traveled for well eternity. Some paths that Adam traveled and Moses traveled and uh, Jeremiah traveled and David traveled and Jesus traveled. And these pasts, these practices, these ways have made it through good times and bad times. It didn't matter what was hot or what was not, what was happening in culture, what, uh, what people were mad at. It made it through the dark ages. It made it through persecution of the church. It made it through war and famine. It made it through the 70s disco. Come on, somebody. It made it through the boy bands of the 90s. It kept on going. There's some paths that we could travel. And I've identified, there's more, but I've identified seven of them, eternal ways for us to travel along that when we get to the end of the road, we could finish well. Is there anybody that just wants to finish well? I mean, I'm telling you, it doesn't really matter how you start. You might have had a great start in life. You might have had a horrible start in life. But listen, I just want to finish well. God, we're stopping at the crossroads. What are the paths that you have for us? What's something that will run, that I could run on, and my kids can run on it, and my grandkids can run on? And um, like I said, there's going to be seven of them. But here's the thing. I'm not going to give them all to you all at once. As a matter of fact, this series is going to last for the rest of the year. And even before we get into those seven things, I want to take a few weeks to just uh, look at this idea of you are here. It's like looking at any map. 
when you look at a map and you want to figure out where you're going, first you need to know where you are, right? You are here. So it's going to be three or four weeks of uh, you are here. And uh, that's what Jeremiah is doing with the people too. Jeremiah is looking at uh, the people in Jerusalem and all these things. And everybody thinks everything's so good in there. And everything is getting shined up on the outside. But there's some problems on the inside that Jeremiah starts identifying and saying, listen, y'all, hold on. God's saying some things. Stop what you're doing. Let's stand. Let's ask for the eternal ways. So does that sound good to you? A little bit. Okay. I mean, rest for your soul sounds pretty good. I mean, I'm all for it. So this is what I'm going to ask. Uh, for the next few months, I want you to commit to coming to church. I want you to commit to, you know, I'm going to be here. Uh, I, I, want, I want to hear these things. I want, I want to see your face uh, every Sunday for the next few months. Commit to listening. Commit to letting me step on your toes a little bit, right? For the next few months, can I just say some things that's going to make you very uncomfortable? Can we talk about some issues that, oh, can we talk about gender, and can we talk about sex, and politics, and money, and like hardcore issues? Can we talk about driving slow in the left-hand lane? <laughs> Come on. All these things, people, we're going to talk about it. And so as I step on your toes, here's the reality. Like, I got like 40 minutes once a week for the next few months, which doesn't add up to a whole lot of hours by the end of the year. So I'm going to just ask you to commit to these next few months. Let's get into the word. Jeremiah. No, no, John. John, I'm sorry. John, chapter 14. John, chapter 14. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen. Jesus says this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would not have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come and I'm going to get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. To which, at that point, one of the disciples named Thomas speaks up and says, No, 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 Lord. We don't know. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? I just love Thomas. No clue what you're talking about right now, Jesus. And Jesus told him, I am the way. You're saying you don't know the way. Let me clear it up for you. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is from now on. Do you, you do know him because you have seen me. To which again, another disciple speaks up. Lord, show us the Father. Seriously? Are you listening to anything I'm saying? Y'all are my disciples. Y'all are like, I could have picked another one. Just show us the Father. To which Jesus replied, and let this get in, in, into your spirit. Have I been with you all of this time? Have I walked with you day after day, Philip, for three years? Have you not been by the campfire with me? Have we not eaten meals together? Have you not heard the Sermon on the Mountain? Was your tent right not next to my tent for these last three years 
Have I not been with you all of this time? And yet, you still don't know who I am. You still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak are not my own, but they are the Father who lives in me and does his work through me. It starts off with this, don't let your heart be troubled. You know where I'm going. No, we don't. We have no clue, which Jesus clears it right up. I am the way and the truth and the life. And they're there and they're asking And they're seeking and they're knocking and they're doing everything that God is telling them to do, but they're still just a little bit clueless. Has anybody felt that way? I'm doing everything I know to do. Jesus, you're even speaking to me. You're right there. And I don't know what you're saying. What what is it, Lord? I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. You say you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Which way are you going? Which begs the question to us, do you know what you're looking for? You're looking for something. There's something inside of your soul that's like, I'm not exactly sure. I know there's something. There's something missing in this life, and I'm trying to find it in these different places. What are you looking for? See, because the disciples had all of these ideas of what they were looking for, and Jesus wasn't meeting some of their expectations. See, for them, when Jesus came and he talked about the kingdom, their whole idea of the kingdom coming was, listen, you just need to overthrow Roman rule. Because these guys are suppressing our freedoms. They're doing all these things. So if you could just get rid of the Romans and then your kingdom will come. And Jesus is like, no, the kingdom is here and it's now and it's amongst you, even in the midst of the persecution. And the disciples had a hard time with this. They had a hard time with, but that's not what we want. We, we, we don't like these stripes on our back. Come on, Jesus, do something about it. Just, just, just show us the way. Show us the Father. I am the Father. Show us the way. I am the way. Come on, Jesus, make it more clear. I don't understand. Say, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I think if Jesus was to come right now he'd, and we were there, we're just confused. What, what are you saying? I think God would say something like this Have you seen CSI Miami? Have you seen CSI New York? Have you seen CSI Las Vegas? then you've seen them all. Because if you've seen one, it's the exact same story plot every single time. Don't let your heart be troubled because if you missed an episode, you've already seen it. It's already there. And you're looking for the Father. I'm already here. Me and the Father are one. And this way that I'm going, I know it's confusing you, but it's right here. It's among you. All of this time, do you still not know me? All of this time of coming to church week after week and getting into the Word, and you've got the sticker on your car, and K-Love is programmed to your radio. But do I know him? Do I know him? I've been married to Devin 16-ish? <laughs> Almost 16. I'm close. Almost 16 years and a few more weeks. Hey, all right. I'll, hey, it's pretty good. And uh, yes, 
And every once in a while, like, I think I know this girl pretty well. You know, 16 years living with her, uh, all this marriage, we're raising kids together. And then every once in a while, she'll do something that I'm like, girl, do I even know you? She's like, I, I want to go skydiving or something. I'm like, what? You know, I don't know. what it is. Just stuff will come randomly out of the blue. I'm like, do I know you? Have you like replaced Devin with this other person? I have no clue. But I, I know you, but I'm getting to know you. And it's a process. And it's a lifelong process of all oh, to know you and to know you. To know you. Jesus asked him this question, do you know me? Do you know me, church? Do you, or, or, or are you just content with knowing about me? Do you know me? Do you know Jesus? Here's what's interesting about Jesus sometimes is there's the Jesus I think I know, and then there's the Jesus. It's the Jesus. See, for some of us, there's the Jesus that we think we know, and the Jesus that we think we know is the, the God that's hovering high above the clouds, and he has a big hammer, and he's ready to hit you the second you do something wrong. And then all of a sudden, you do something really, really stupid, and then God blesses you. And you're just blown away. What? God, why would you even do that? I'm not exactly sure. See, there's the Jesus that, no, 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 this is how I roll sometimes. This is how I feel like doing it. And sometimes there's the Jesus that you know, and you're mad at Jesus for being Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't do things the way you do them. Because, hey, we just want you to take over the Romans. Uh, there's this guy in the Bible named Jonah. Awesome. It's only four chapters, I think. You should read this book. And he knows God. He's a prophet for God. And he goes into this town, and he preaches to this town, and everybody gets saved. Literally, the whole town repents, right? And, and Jonah gets ticked off. He's literally the greatest evangelist of all times, right? Billy Graham's got nothing on Jonah, and Jonah is mad. And at the end of the book, there's this moment where he's sitting on a cliff, soaking in his own anger, and he says this, I knew you'd save these people. He's mad at God because of what he knew already about God and the character of God. But Jonah was getting in the way of Jonah. Sometimes Lucas gets in the way of Lucas. Sometimes your biggest problem is the enemy in a me. Come on, somebody. We want to blame it on all these other things. Sometimes you just got to learn, Jesus, I'm just going to take you for who you are, not who I want you to be. Jesus, this is who you are, and this is how you work, and this is how you live and breathe and move. And if you want to work that way in me, and if there's times where you, I want directions and I want GPS coordinates, and you just simply want to say, I am the way, okay, let's go. Whatever that means. Now let's turn over a few chapters earlier to a conversation that Jesus is having in John chapter 10. And he says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper, he does this, he opens the gate for him and the sheep they do what? They recognize his voice, and they come to him. 
He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Now, after he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration again, they had no clue what Jesus was talking about. Well, they didn't understand what he meant, and so, all right, let me explain to you. i tell you the truth. I am, watch for these I am statements. I am the gate. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come, to, uh, come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find some what some good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand, he'll run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. If we haven't seen that. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as I, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I've sacrificed my life for the sheep. They follow. Why? Because they know my voice. And why do they not follow somebody else? Because why? They're strangers. What is the very first thing your parents teach you? Stranger Come on, somebody. Jesus told us this thousands of years ago. Stranger danger. They don't know because they don't know his voice. So which begs the question, why are we following voices that we don't know? Why are we continue to follow voices that we don't know? I mean, just look at social media. I mean, you've got some dude in a basement somewhere that puts a post up, and now all of a sudden he's a medical expert. And thousands of people and millions of people are following them. Look at the people that we are. We, we, there's literally a button that we click and it says the word follow. And look at the people that are the most popular people that we're following. Actors and entertainers. There is so much irony to that, y'all. That we're following these actors and entertainers to tell us what's hot and what's acceptable and what's, what's good and what's, what's moral. The irony is that they're actors. They get paid to act. <laughs> they get paid to do these things, to pretend. Influencer? They're not influencers. Like all of these things, and yet we're doing it. We're following. It's a paid promotion. And we are the product. And we're following them. Strange voices. Strange voices. Uh, the other day I was on a flight and uh, I put on the new Spider-Man, I think it was. I don't know if it was the new one or the old one, but it was Spider-Man. And uh, Tom Holland was playing 
uh, Spider-Man this time. There's, they've gone through, you know, Andrew Garfield, and there's been 17 versions of Spider-Man. Uh, but Tom Holland's playing Spider-Man, and he's doing a great job. He's just killing it. Um, but I just thought it's so funny that they picked him to play Spider-Man because he's British. And I was like, Spider-Man's from the Bronx, <laughs> right? Like the real Spider-Man would be like, hey, forget about it. Mary Jane, get over here. Like, but they got Tom Holland, but it's okay because he's an actor, right? And he's playing a part and he kills it. And yet we follow these things and we follow and we follow and we're like sheep being led to the slaughter. And we're finding our morality and our goodness and we think this is good and we think this is acceptable. And we think because culture says this about gender and sexuality and money and all of these things that this is where we find, hey, it's okay, instead of looking to the word of God. We're following strange voices. Have we settled for cheap imitations? Stand at the crossroads, look around, ask, seek, and knock. Who are you listening to? What wrong paths are they taking you down? Because Jesus is very clear, I've made a way for all to enter in, but there's one way, just one. There's not 17,000 different options, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And see, we, we remember the part about I am the shepherd. We forget about the part I am the gate. See, because we don't like the gate, which I'm wondering, you know, why do we keep following these strange voices? Three things from the scriptures. One is because we don't either know or we just don't like life inside the gate. See, the very nature of the gate and the very nature of Christianity is that it has boundaries. There's a boundary that keeps things in that says this is what's right and this is what's wrong and this is what's moral and this is what's acceptable. And those gates have posts that go down that God have placed there himself, right? But we don't like the gate. See, because the, the, the second anyone tells us that no, there's boundaries on what you can and can't do, we think it's restricting our freedoms. What do you mean I can't do that? No, 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 I'm free to be me. I'm free to do whatever I want, when I want. What do you mean there's only one way, life inside of the gate? And it's infringing on my freedom. God, why are you so restricting? Who are you, God, to tell me what I can and can't do? When the reality is, it's the complete opposite. Life inside the gate, this is what it means to be free. To live within these boundaries of what God has placed for us. They don't cage you up. They free you to live and breathe and move with him and what he's doing. This is life inside the gate, life inside the garden. And I'm telling you guys, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. This life that you're looking after, this life that you're searching after, I'm telling you, it is only found in Jesus. And it's underpinned by truth. And it's what leads us to life. There's more freedom than you could imagine. But if you believe that you know better than God, what will happen is you'll come inside the gate and you'll try to move the fence post. You'll come inside the gate and say, oh, I love it here. This is a good garden, but let's just move this a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right. Let's just move these 
fence posts. We forget about all of the freedoms that God's given us. We just don't like the boundaries. Listen here, Adam, this is what I want you to do. You're going to live in this paradise. And you can eat of any tree you want. But this one, God, I don't know, that's way too tough. You're so restricting, God. Why would you make your rules? You're just bearing me down. I'm not free to be the Adam I'm created to be. Come on, somebody. See, if you believe you know better to God, you'll start moving the boundaries, and you'll start listening to voices that we don't know. All of a sudden, snakes will start talking to you. Which begs a few questions, like, if a snake starts talking to you, like, you should probably stop listening. Like, I don't know, kill that thing real quick. Like, dude, it's just, I, mean, I don't know, if Eve, I would have been freaked out. All these strange voices, and they don't sound like God. Let me make this even more clear. Like, some of you need to go home today, I mean today, and cancel cable. Right? You spend 16 hours on NBC and ABC and Fox and, and all of these things, and it's strange voices. And you're wondering why you're so angry at the world. And you come to church and like, all right, pastor, you got 40 minutes. <laughs> you're combating about 16, 17 hours these last weekend as I've been just mad at everything. And if you look at the world, everything's going to hell. But make me feel good for 40 minutes. Oh, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Thank you, the pastor. We'll see you next week. Strange voices. Come on, somebody. Listening to just stupid stuff all week long and wondering why you're depressed. Come on. I told you I was going to step on a few toes. Some of y'all are going to come back for the four months. Some <laughs> might not see some of y'all again. Grace and peace. We do have a building project. You're not supposed to preach this when we have a building project. <laughs> but this is what I felt like God said to preach. Is that okay? Come on. Because I'm not preaching at you. Every sermon I've ever done, I need to hear myself. I need to hear it. There's some strange voices in my life I need to get rid of. Hearing some things uh-uh, that, that don't sound like Jesus. Doesn't sound like Jesus. Because Jesus, my sheep know my voice to know his voice, to know his touch, to know him. Why would I want to follow some strange voice? Second thing, because we don't know the shepherd. He says, I am the shepherd. Some of us, we don't know Jesus. We only know church. Let me say that one more time. Some of us, we don't know Jesus. We only know church. And that's why you're so mad sometimes, too. Oh, the air conditioner wasn't right. Oh, they didn't do my favorite song. Oh, music was too loud. Oh, pastor, did you? Let me tell you what I want. Do you even know Jesus? We came together as a body of Christ to come and worship the King of Kings and we're two or more together. He is in this place. The creator of everything is here, dwelling among us. Come on. The God who speaks a word and creation forms and mountains and rivers and valleys. And he does not need us. He chooses in his grace to use us. 
And he picks people like Philip and Thomas, and he's okay with your doubts, and he's okay with your worries, and he's okay with all this, but understand, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. This is the only way. All this time I've been with you, do you know me? Do you know me? All these things. I think sometimes we just fight about all of these things. Come on, do you know him? Because if you knew him, I just don't know if some of those things would be so important. See, I think sometimes we look at the Old Testament and we're like, how could they... How could God be on this mountaintop and deliver them from Egypt and do all these amazing things and then they build these golden calves and golden cows and worship? How could they do that? How could, how could, the, how could the Hindus do that? How could they build all of these statues and the, the elephant gods? And, all and how could they say that that is a God? They built it with their hands. And we look at some of that culture and we just think, oh, it's so crazy. But here's the thing. I think we've built more graven images in America than in Egypt ever did. But you know what? They don't look like the donkey and the, 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 the envelope, what is the, uh, the, you know, all of them things. <laughs> elephant, that's a big word. Oh, the elephant with the ang, all those stuff. You know what the new graven image looks like? It looks like me. And it looks like you. It looks like every time we choose to make Jesus into something other than what he is, we want him to make him look more and more like us. That's a graven image. And we've got more than Egypt ever built. He says, I am the good shepherd. This week, we had this moment that, just as a father, it touched my heart so much. My daughter Reese, I think she's seven or eight. Eight. <laughs> I'm really good with numbers. Um, she's eight years old, and uh, she has her little kids Netflix account and I don't know what movie she watched but she watched some movie where this little girl dies and she's, she goes to heaven but it wasn't heaven it was this like purgatory thing and she's having to talk to angels I didn't you know Devin told me this but having to talk to angels and stuff and basically has to give an account and all these good things she did to be able to get into heaven and so she comes and she tells Devin about this and hey I want and, and Devin like you know, hey, that's not really how it works. You know, you can't do all of these good things and be a good person and then get into heaven. And so Jesus, I mean, Devin just began to explain to her about Jesus and what Jesus has done for her on the cross. And it's because of his grace and because of his mercy. And she tells all this to little eight-year-old Reese. And this is how Reese responds. I'm not sure I know him. I'm not sure I know him. And then she says this, Mom, can we read the Bible together? Because I want to know him. And I was just so proud because I thought, man, it's my daughter that, like, she wants to know him. Do my sheep know my voice? And her first instinct is if I'm going to get to know God better, I need to get in his word. I can't get it from Netflix Kids Station. I need to know Jesus, all to know him. He is the good shepherd. He is the way, the truth, the life. Church, we, can, we could come, to, come here and we could gather and we could hear the music and not worship. 
You could listen to a sermon and miss the message. You could have a garden all around you and never taste the fruit of it because you're so concerned on that one tree that you can't have. That one thing that God said, this is a boundary, this is a post, don't go beyond it. And so we start singing eagle songs. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? You've been out riding fences for oh so long. Where's my worship leader at? Don't act like you don't know the song. You always want the one thing that you can't get. Desperado. Isn't that so true of us? It's always that one thing. Beautiful garden, one tree. I love what Bridget told me one time. She said this. She said, yeah, you could, everybody's welcome at Coastal Church. You could come as you are, but it doesn't mean you get to do what you want. I was like, that's so good. Because that's exactly what Jesus says to you. come as you are, but you're the one that's going to change, not me. We're being changed into his image and his likeness, not him, us change him into our image and, and our likeness. Everyone's welcome, but he's called us to be holy as he is holy. And I, and I think at some point in time, see, we've become experts at these strange voices and experts of imitation. I had to look up this word. I know the word, but I couldn't spell the word. Simple word. I don't even say it right, but faux leather, faux leather. It's spelled F-A-U-X, fox leather. Fox, faux, fake. It's exactly what it means. How it sounds and how it's spelled. Fake leather. It might look like it for a little bit, but it don't smell like it. And the second thing get tough, that leather breaks down. And the second a wolf comes into the sheep pen, the hired hand runs because it's fake leather. And we've settled for these strange voices. And we've built our life on these fake relationships that the second something gets tough, we leave people. The second pastor says something that I don't agree with, I'm out of here. And I love that Jesus is the good shepherd. Through it all, through every pain and every heartache and every season, he sticks closer than a brother. And here's what's interesting. He uses other sheep, too, to help us. See, he is the sheep. See, I'm just the sheep. And he uses me and he uses Chris and he uses all these other people because like all sheep, we like to go astray. And you got Chris over there in the background saying, don't go that way. Don't be stupid. I've, I've done it, been there before. Stop it. Stop. No, you're going to, strange voices. No, creepy dude in van. Don't. <laughs> Don't take the candy. Don't take, and we do it almost daily. Right? Strange voices. The last one, it says so plainly, it says in verse, uh, verse 5. You know, they won't follow these, strange, these strangers. Why? They'll run. 
They'll run from him because they don't know his voice. We've stopped running. Run from these things. Stop filling your soul with garbage. If you give the enemy enough time, he will convince you that evil things are good and good things are evil. And he's been doing this ever since the garden. And that's why Paul warns Timothy, guard your doctrine. If you don't know the truth, you're going to be blown away by every gust of wind. Every voice that tells you something new, it's going to tickle your ears. I don't know about you, but I hate to have my ears tickled. No, like literally, there's times where Devin's like, oh, girl, stop touching my ear. It's annoying. And you know what? I believe there's a generation that's coming up that's tired of having their ears tickled. I believe there's a group of people that we want truth no matter what the cost. The truth, it doesn't, you know, we, so many of this, oh, it's just relative and this truth and that truth. Here's the thing. At some point in time, and I believe it's already starting now, all of those things that we wanted as a culture, we're getting them. And when we get the things that we've desired for for so long, it ultimately reverts on itself. So in other words, you've gotten a life with no gate. You've gotten a life with no boundaries. You've gotten a life with no shepherd. You've gotten a life where you could do anything you want to do because you just got to be free to be you. And you got all of those things and it's left you miserable. And there's all of these, especially young people, especially our youth, that they're realizing it quick. Like, oh, I can hell. This is miserable. This isn't what they sold me on TV because they're actors. Strange voices. To know his voice, because it convicts me, and it changes me, and it draws me closer to him. To know you, God, because you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. I'm asking everyone to please stand with me. Worship team. There is no more freedom than coming inside the gate. To be a people that are no long, no longer content with graven images, with a God that looks more like me than Jesus. And Jesus is saying, Come on, I'm the gate, I'm the way, I'm the shepherd, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and everything that you're looking for is found in me and only in me. You know the way. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. All these years I've been walking side by side with you, I've never left you, never forsake, I never will. And so we join in with those that have gone before us, with David and with Jeremiah. And we echo the words of Paul that says, ah, oh, to know him. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. We join in this morning with Reese and say, I want to know him. I want to know him. But there's, again, remember, sometimes sheep get stupid. 
And Jesus will leave the 99 to go after the one. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're in here, I want to pray two prayers this morning. The first one is, if you're that one and you've gone astray and you've been trying to move the fence post and you've been trying to live it, and if you're real honest, you're absolutely miserable. Jesus is coming after you this morning. He's coming after you and he's saying, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life you're searching for. I'm asking you to bow your head, to close your eyes. That's you and you're in the room and you can just feel Jesus pulling you back. I'm asking you to just put your hand real high in the air. I want to pray a prayer with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If everyone will please repeat after me. Dear God, Lord, I need you. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I am yours. You are mine. Fill my heart. Fill my mind. Fill my spirit. Jesus, I'm yours. Amen and amen. Church, just one more moment in this attitude of prayer. Maybe there's another group in here that you've been listening to a lot of strange voices. Just right now, just in this moment, just, it's just you and God. Nobody else around, but let him convict you. Let him show you that <laughs> you need to stop doing that. You've moved off into some things and some, some speech and some gossip and some... You need to stop that. My sheep know my voice. You know my voice. You know what's of me. Whatever things are good, whatever things are pure, whatever things are holy, dwell on these. And so, Lord God, just as your church, as your body, we repent. We repent for listening to strange voices. things that need to change, God. We listen to your Holy Spirit. We follow him. There's no condemnation. It's just the voice of a loving father saying, come to me. Let me show you the way. Let me show you the truth. Let me breathe life into you once again. Well, we hope this podcast has blessed you. In case you didn't know, we are in the middle of renovating a brand new facility right here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. So listen, two things. Please take a moment and pray for us. Also, if you'd like to give to the ministry, sign on to the website at mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Grace and peace.